Welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. I'm Richard Davidson, and I am joined by my good buddy, Ethan Huffman. Now, Ethan, uh, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus. I've had things. You've had things. Elkin has things right now. But, you know, we're, we're back in the home stretch. Uh, we are in the month of March, and this is the time the time of year where some NBA teams take strides. They fight to make the play-in. They fight to make the postseason, right? They solidify their home court advantage, but not the teams that we're going to talk about today. Today, we're trying to solidify something else with these teams, and it is who's going to win the Wemby race. We're talking about the worst teams in the league, and Ethan, I'm ready for it. Yeah, no, I am as well. I just did a little tankathon lottery sim, and you won't believe who's won the lottery. The Portland Trailblazers. Why well, I... I- Oh, get it out of here. Get it out of oh, here. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Again, Portland, one of those teams that are trying to solidify their spot uh, in, in at least the play-in. Um, you know, D- Dame's doing crazy things. Uh, but uh, you know what? They're lucky we're not talking about them today. <laughs> they got pretty close. They're pretty close to the, the threshold of bottom five teams record-wise in the NBA. Which is sad to think about. Yeah, it is sad to think about. Um, Ethan, and I, I, I want to send a little, a tiny little apology your way. At the beginning of the year, we were talking about all right, teams. What are we going to do? Are they going to go for it? Are teams going to to tank? And I, knowing my own team, was like, oh, I think there's going to be a lot of teams that really just turn on the tank mode this year, and it's a race to the bottom for for you know this. Draft class, you know, Wemby, Scoot, two two guys who would be the first overall pick. And there's some other guys who are good as well and some that have come on more recently. But you you said, you know what, I think a lot of teams are going to be going for it because it's so wide open. And I think that you were more right, but I think it has a lot to do with teams not retaining their own draft picks. And so it's like, well, why are the Lakers going to to, to tank it all the way, right? Why are the Bulls going to go into total spin mode if they only keep it if it's top four? So yeah. it's it, we got this issue, but but there are some teams that have decided, you know what, it's time. Yeah, and and teams that should be tanking have less incentive to tank as well. Like OKC doesn't have the full-blown incentive to tank that they have in the past because they have so many um, bullets in the chamber. Um, and then you're talking about Utah who got an all-star back in the Donovan Mitchell trade. Lori Markin has impressed so much that you don't really want him to turn down his growth when you're talking about a longer term rebuild. And then the teams like, you know, Washington always going to try Chicago has DeRozan aging. Like they're not shutting that down. Indiana's the one that like we would, I would think even Elkin would appreciate them toning it back more. They got their all-star. They got, they re-signed Miles Turner uh, in the season or got into an extension. There's some teams that probably should have been a little bit more focused on this, but like, I, I think I dialed in pretty good. Like the attitude of the league is to eat a lot of bad, decent to bad teams have players that they are not going to not push with Blazers. Perfect example of Damian Lillard. You don't shut the, you don't shut him down if he's healthy. But he's playing and he's going to play well. And one of the teams we're going to talk about today, the Orlando Magic, like they're primarily just made up of young guys who, you know, you're basically just like, hey, they're going to make mistakes. We're not going to win every game. And so we're just going to go out and play. And the ones we win, we win. And the ones we lose, we lose. The thing is, though, that they're the one team out of the ones we're going to talk about today that could leave the top five. They, they um, or I guess the bottom five, depending on which way you want to look at it. Uh, they are only a game, uh, you know, worse than Indiana, who is right there, uh, you know, being a game, game and a half worse than like OKC, Portland. Uh, it, so like we're starting to get pretty close in, in that next phase. And I do wonder who's going to be the team that's going to pull the plug. You mentioned the Pacers as being a possibility. OKC doesn't really need to do so, but that's an easy one if you're, if you know, uh, SGA doesn't play. Um, you know, Portland's the other one that, you know, like you mentioned, maybe should but won't unless, you know, there's a Dame uh, something or other, we, which we do not wish for. And, yeah, Bulls, Lakers don't hold their picks. So it's it's really 
going to be interesting to see what happens. But today we're here to talk about those five bad teams and kind of the state of their franchise. Where are they at? What is their, um, you know, what's their direction? Who are their core guys going forward? And it was funny, Ethan, we, we looked at what we said for this a year ago. i sorry, actually it was more two years ago. These say, like the bottom five teams, what was their, what were their cores? It was interesting because Houston was the worst team then as well. Uh, and seeing some of the names we wrote down for them uh, as their core, none of them are their core players anymore. Same thing with Orlando. Orlando was in that mix. None of them are the core players anymore. The Pistons were there. They had at least a, a player or two who, uh, you know, may, may be. But we have new guys these Spurs and Hornets that are uh, composing these bottom five teams. And you know what? Let's start out with the worst team in the league. Um, the team that, you know, while they may have, while they may hold the worst record spot for, at least for now, there's a lot going on in Houston. Um, they do have uh, a, a number of young players that you would consider their core pieces uh, but at the moment, they haven't quite seemed to to, to gel. Uh, so Jalen Green, Jabari Smith Jr., Alperin Sengun, and Tari Eason. That's who I have as their core players. And, and and maybe, you know, Kevin Porter Jr., I have him down as a bad contract, even though it's not really that bad of a contract because there are outs that the Houston can, you know, you know get out from it. It's basically a four-year contract, but really, as long as you pull the plug early enough, uh, you can get out after one year um, from this extension. And, uh, I mean, look at this roster, Ethan. There's been a lot going on. Coaching has, has been slandered uh, a lot. Uh, I feel bad um, for uh, Stevens House just because this is not the team he signed up for. Uh, but it's also not the team. I don't think I don't think he's got a good grasp on this team they have not many favors. They don't have a point guard. They're playing Kevin Porter Jr. there. It's basically, you hope they can fix things this offseason with uh, whatever team. And I said it, and you, you said I've never said truer words. This is the team that like needs Scoot Henderson more than any other. Uh, where, do you, where do you see this team, Ethan? Yeah, it's just a bunch of theoretically good players and talented individuals that do not have a good enough connector. Like, Alfred Shangun, I really do like as a player. I think he's very fun. Like, you know, he's definitely, like, you know, got a lot of features that make him useful. But he's not good enough at those things to, like, negate having a point guard. Like, we're not talking about a Nikola Jokic, obviously. Um, you got guys, like, you got other guys on this team that, like, are good players. Like, I've, I was hoping Kenyon Martin Jr. would find himself a new home because I think he's, you know, with his athleticism, I think with some other surrounding talent, he might be able to pop a little bit. I think Josh Christopher has shown some moments where he can lock down some defense and also make some tougher shots. Like, there's lots of pieces here that aren't even part of their core that, like, I think a lot of teams would be happy to consider. Ty Ty Washington, I think, has, you know, shown something. He just can't shoot, if I'm not mistaken. But, like, more or less, they have nothing that, like, helps the players that are part of the core like Jabari Smith Jr. is a I think a great like role player like could be a superstar role player could be like just like a, eventually a 20 20 and 8 guy that just shoots a high percentage but he can't do it by himself he can't do anything by himself Jalen Green I think could be a 25 I mean he is like a 25 point per game score basically and but he needs someone to kind of help him get the ball across the court <laughs> you know he just he doesn't he can't create you know, offense for anyone else. So, yeah, talking about no truer words and Scoot Henderson needing to be on this team, I, th I think so many more of these, so many of these pieces kind of just fall into place and are in the right are in the right spot if they had a good point guard, if they had a guy who could just get these guys easy shots. Even Kevin Porter Jr., like I can't remember when I saw the stat, but it was when he was probably having some of his, you know, 30 and 40 point games. There's a stat that like he was shooting like 41% on threes when he was catching shooting, but he took like 10% of his threes were catching shoots. So like that that's why his percentage doesn't reflect a good shooter. It, it's, it's a I, tough spot. 
Yeah. Like, I've, I've seen, the, like, some of the worst, I saw the worst offensive possession, like, where you're trying to run a play, I can imagine. They tried to run a stagger play, and it was just the worst play I've ever seen in my life. Like, it, it ended up in a turnover. Uh, it's it's a team that really doesn't have any direction. You mentioned Jabari Smith Jr. Like, he's not going to get his own shots. That's one of the things where you need to be able to set him up. He hasn't hit the shots, though. So, like, he's a shooter who's not been shooting. Um, but you'll, you'd like, in theory, what he could be defensively. I, I just... One of the issues for this team is they have had so many draft picks over the past couple of years, and all of these young guys are trying to find out where they fit in this league. They're trying to find their place, and you know half of them don't recognize and know that they're role players, um, or that if they're going to be good. Like so, you don't have the vets, and the vets that you did have, like Eric Gordon, wanted to get out of there so bad that like he wasn't even being one of the good vets, like. You look at some of the other teams that we have um, that we'll talk about. It's like, hey, they've got some some better vets who know their role um, and are able to kind of help at least make it look like respectable basketball, which hasn't been played in Houston this year. But Last something to keep in mind, though. Okay, yeah, you, it's, it's fair. Um, they got a lot of money available. They they are the team that's going to have the most cap space available of the money allotted. Um, they've got about $70 million allotted in space, which the cap is continuing to, to rise. Uh, and it, it should rise even more in a, a, you know, when the new TV deal hits, not this year, but in years to come. And they can go out and make big swings. This, there's, they've been rumored of the James Harden. Uh, hey, bring him back. And you know what? That, I think, depending on how James Harden wants to play, could put people, well, would put people in their proper spot. I don't I don't know if that's exactly what, uh, I don't know if that's the best thing. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, as far as their draft pick situation, uh, they got all of Brooklyn's picks. Uh, even years, they get the picks. Odd years, they get the swaps until 2027. Um, and they also have a Clippers first round pick this year um, because of the Eric Gordon uh, trade at the deadline. Also have six second round picks coming in, uh, coming in the next uh, few years. Going out, though, it's not the best. Uh, if you remember uh, back, there was a Russell Westbrook trade, um, as there usually is. And they were ones to send out their 24 and 26 first round picks, top four protected, um, that become second rounders uh, to OKC. So they don't have their pick next year, which is why I think they're going to be a team trying to make strides this offseason, spend that money to get players that can help them. Uh, they're also out a couple seconds as well. But overall, you got more picks coming in than going out. And I mean, this team, asset wise, has a lot. They just really got to, they got to find that point guard. Like if, you know, Scoot Henderson, we need you on this basketball team. Yeah, that's that's exactly what is needed. Like if Scoot Henderson makes it makes his way to Houston, I think that's a really good fit for him because he's going to be able to just take the reins right away and go for it. I think he does that everywhere he goes. But like, there's no even like hurt feelings about that happening here in Houston. Like, and if Kevin Porter Jr.'s hurt feelings about it, unfortunately for Kevin, it's just time to cut bait. You're you're done. Like this is. This is what it is with you, unfortunately, my man. But then you like you can look at there's going to be some free agents available this year. Like if you wanted to make a push for a Jeremy Grant to kind of find yourself a four three to help out Jabari Smith Jr., you could make an offer. I think Harrison Barnes um, is a free agent. I imagine Sacramento will retain him, but you could make a pretty heavy push for him. Like there's going to be some players that are plug and play guys that if you had a point guard in place, you could go ahead and make a stride towards competency. I'm not saying that's the correct thing to do. I'm saying there are options. Not to mention guys like PJ Washington, restricted free agency in Charlotte. Yeah. It, it's just tough. Cause it's like, if you, you have so much money, if you don't go out and spend like a whole max slot on James Harden, right? Something like that. Then you're getting small pieces, smaller pieces that, you know, you're bringing in. And we've talked about their core guys. Well, like, 
Jamari Smith Jr., do you get sent to the bench? Like, do you get sent and, and have your minutes drastically reduced? Opera and Shengun, like, same thing. Like, I begin to, I feel like Houston, the Houston faithful are probably thinking to themselves, right, these are going to be the guys who are going to get us, you know, eventually the next good Rockets team has Jalen Green at the two, Jabari Smith at the four, and Alper and Chengun at the five starting. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if that ends up happening. Um, and I'm curious as to, like, again, they got to figure out the coach situation uh, as well. But uh, big offseason for them. Um, some big decisions will be made. Yeah, and unfortunately, anytime it's free agency, it's not all, it's not 100% in your hands. You can make really good offers. You can you can offer all the best players fair contracts, but they have to see the vision as well. It's like even if Jeremy Grant, if you offer Jeremy Grant an absurd contract and he's like, "Great, I'm ex- I'm excited." Like that doesn't mean like it's still a perfect fit. Like there's there's just there's a lot of options out here. I'm just looking at like the generic like who's available, like who can make a decision. And there's plenty of players that I think are very plug and playable with a lot of different scenarios that wouldn't hurt any of these core players. But none of them are a point guard if you don't get Scoot Henderson. So like really that's kind of the ticket right now is we gotta we gotta find a way to get him Scoot. Into for like that that that's where it comes down to. It's Scooter James Harden, one of the two. And yeah, it's like if you if you get Victor Obanyama and you can't get James Harden, okay, well let's go ahead and you know, let's let's bring in who's that who's that point guard who could facilitate? Is it like right Fred Van Vliet or something like that? Like you pay him yeah. the big bucks because like that that would you know that would fix some things you would think right? Uh, or maybe you go a little cheaper and like you you, you had mentioned let's let's bring Ish Smith in here. Uh, let's get him doing some things. Maybe you go out there and get a uh, I don't know Trey Jones or something on the restricted market just to get someone who could put people. Like as much as much as he's more still of a gunner, like I've never thought of him as a guy who like doesn't play team basketball. Kobe White, even like just someone that dribbles the ball up and starts the offense. I again, I we're we're deep in the doldrums now, and this is not a, a good conversation. Yeah. I'm just saying, like you <laughs> no. need you need a guy who has ran a team before. And at least Kobe White could do it in college. Okay. Um, I'm out. I'm always been out on Kobe White. Uh, moving forward, oh, let's get out of either. Houston. Small hands. I'm tired. I'm tired of Houston. I'm grumpy with Houston. Um, get to another team, Detroit Pistons. Um, they are they're they're pushing um, the Houston Rockets, and and I think that they will. Uh, you know, they're only a half game behind them. Uh, they're losing games. It, it, they've they've got the they've got the tank. Uh, you know. Um, equation already built in it's like ooh, some some achilles stuff for for boyan we're betting you right you're sitting down just like as happened against cleveland uh yesterday ooh, um burks we're done jalen duran does keep landing on people's ankles so we're gonna go ahead and uh you're starting uh, marvin bagley uh the third and i saw someone say marvin bagley the fourth which is james wiseman starting to both <laughs> uh, together uh and it's just like the Pistons in yesterday's game had 24 turnovers, so it's 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 a huge it's a huge thing where they know how to lose. They've lost seven straight, um, and out of all of these teams that we're going to talk about, uh, like they're in a unique spot where only bad contract is Marvin Bagley, right? Emphasis on the bag. Um, he got paid for you know who knows why. Uh, at, I guess if you want to make a trade, there's some salary, but I don't, he's not a positive value. He's got another two years, $25 million uh, to be paid. And uh, again, you've got James Wiseman, who I would assume, like I know Troy Weaver likes him more than, uh, more than Bagley. I like the idea of James Wiseman more than Marvin Bagley, but you know, is what it is. We'll see. Um, they're, uh, but they, they do have a core, um, which you, you know, Cade Cunningham, he's been injured, um, the whole, the whole year had the shin surgery and it's one of those things that's going to take you out the whole year, but, uh, we'll see if he gets there. Jaden Ivey has had growth and development over the past, um, uh, month, month and a half or so. 
Uh, Jalen Duran has, being the youngest player in the league, has looked um, good. I think he's got to figure out um, some things uh, on the defensive end, uh, as do most young centers. Isaiah Stewart, I think that you're seeing him being placed more into you know where he's going to be. Like he's going to be on this team. I think out of uh, you know they traded Sadiq Bay away. Um, of those three, uh, you know, first rounders, Killian, him, and, and Stewart. I think Stewart is like for sure locked to be on this team just because of how hard he works. And I think he's an ideal bench big. And I think that the Pistons have been trying to see, oh, can he do these different things? Okay, well, if he can shoot it a little bit, if he can, you know, defend in the perimeter a little bit, okay. You know, he's not, he has deficiencies, but maybe he can be your bench big. I, he, I think he's part of the plans. They pay Boyan. Um, and I, I think him, and because I know Troy Weaver likes James Wiseman, those are the guys I think as their core, you know, they have. I, I, Boyan could be traded easily, right? Maybe James Wiseman doesn't work. He wants too big of a contract. Maybe they don't sign him. But those are, you know, they have their, the, the Cade, Jaden, Jalen core, I think is better than most of what these other teams have already. Um, but they are a little bit weak in the draft capital. Like they got a first rounder going out. It's lotto protected. But the moment that they're good enough to make the playoffs, they won't have that first round pick. Um, so you hope you have like your main guys. Uh, they do have um, uh, some an, enough money to to do something this off season, But if they focus more on retention of the guys they have, then you know you don't have as much uh, money. Five seconds incoming, but their own seconds, three of their own seconds outgoing. Uh, uh, we'll see. Uh, I. For all of these teams, it just matters who do you get coming in, right? If you get woman, you know, if you get Victor, you're in a great everything spot. Everything changes. Um, everything changes, right? Uh, for all of these teams, if you get Victor, you become the team out of all the rest that uh, of the ones we're talking about, with the exception of maybe uh, Orlando, just because they're I think they've got the, the the fast track here. Like they got two picks in this uh, lottery because of well, we think depending on how the Char- uh, Chicago thing goes. But at least at this moment, I think I would prefer to be the Pistons out of uh, everyone except for Orlando, maybe. Um, I I like where, they're at, where, where, where they are. I think I see the vision and growth, even you know, depending on where things stack in the lottery. But if you're a top three team in this lottery with these Pistons, I, I like where they're going. That's me as a Pistons fan, though. Ethan... Where do you see this team? Well, I think the reason you would feel better, best about the Pistons, aside from maybe the Magic, who have just more good players on their team right now. Um, but my opinion, I would take Cade over Paolo. I don't know if that's popular or correct, but I would take Cade over Paolo. I just, I everything that Cade does, I I like. I am. Yeah, just I think we're. Kind of, I think it's about fifty-fifty out out in the ether there. I think like there's half that would, half that wouldn't. Yeah, and I definitely like loved Kate in college, and I did not love Paolo in college. Paolo's been better than I thought he would be. He's been way more efficient than I thought he would be. Um, you know, credit to credit to the Magic for kind of figuring it out a little bit this year in terms of putting together a roster and a like a, a style that's working for their players. Like I think you're getting the, almost the most out of everyone this year, which is great for them. Anyway, we'll get to the Magic here in a little bit. Um, the thing about the Pistons that are different from these other teams. Um, maybe Magic excluded, is they have their Scoot slash Wimby kind of player on the team. Like, they have Cade Cunningham, who needs to develop, but, like, he when he's healthy, he is going to help the rest of the core a lot. Whereas, like, the Rockets, they need Scoot. They need that guard that or that primary facilitator to help the rest of the core figure out their roles. Spurs don't have that. Hornets have that with LaMelo, but they have nothing else and not even good capital and a bad organization. <laughs> like, that's why I like where the Pistons are at. Because I, I really like Jaden Ivey. I think he's a great, you know, pairing guard with Cade. I, Jalen Duran is such a good athlete. and he, Like, he's just going to mature and get better. Isaiah Stewart, like, he fit, like, like you said, he just fits a lot of half boxes. He boxes out well for a center and power forward. He shoots okay for a center, maybe. Like, 
he, he just, like, again, if, as long as you pay him appropriately and don't pay, pay through the nose because you love his grit, I mean, there's a lot to like. And James Wiseman, while I've never been a big fan of him because I thought he just looked like Hassan Whiteside, like Hassan Whiteside had a moment, and that could still happen for James Wiseman. So Pistons are in a good spot. You know, there's nothing bad about their contracts other than Bagley, who's it's for like their timeline is a pretty short term thing. I, I I just think that this team is, you know, if they if they get Wimby, everything changes, like we've said. But even if they just get another like wing size person to that Cade can, you know, hit some back doors to and can catch and shoot a little bit, they're still going to be good. And that's what I, that's what makes me the most excited is like there's not a bad pick to be had as long as they, they don't blow it. Like, they can get a lot of players that are going to already fit with what's in place. Yeah. Um, and with the exception of Charlotte, um, like, the other teams here, the way that they have kind of a, a leg up is they've been able to have a good player and trade them for picks. Like, the reason why Orlando's so, so set up is the Vooch trade, right? The Vooch trade and uh, you're, they're set right now. Right, you, you hit on Franz Wagner, and you got another one coming. Uh, the the Rockets, even though they got the couple picks going out, right, you were able to get all of Brooklyn's picks coming in over the next few years and have this steady stream of possibilities. Right, the Spurs, you're able to turn uh, Dejounte Murray into that, and you know, be you know, Jakob Pertl as well. You're able to get a first rounder. Like you've got picks incoming. The Pistons are. First round pick, uh, needy, kind of like the Charlotte Hornets are as well. With with this, uh, we'll talk about them here in a moment. But that that's the that's the situation that they find themselves in. But for them, I think as long as they are top three or four, like I think that you can be especially excited about what they've got going forward. Um, I do. I have. I don't know about all the Brandon Miller stuff. With, you know, like we're still waiting for that to come out. Like when when the first when the news first came out, there were a lot of pieces out there that made it seem like he handed the gun to the guy. And now there's, you know, with the way that that they're handling the the situation, it, it makes it makes it seem like hey, well maybe it was just in the back. Maybe he knew. Maybe he didn't know. But he drove the car there. And I don't know. Um, all that stuff. I, there's more that will come out. And I know that Troy Weaver is a lot about the the person, not the, you know, like the person, not the player. So I'm confident the Pistons will do their due diligence in a, a lot of these situations. Uh, but, you know, you've got the Thompson twins, although there's been much ado about their shooting, which Pistons do need some shooting uh, on, on the floor there. Uh, but if you start getting a little low, like... Like I've I've done some preliminary work on this upcoming draft class. I think um, I'll, I'll probably have a bit out there when when it's all said and done. But if you get top three or four, if you're the Pistons, I think that you're in a great spot. Um, yeah, that, that that's basically where, where where I stand. If if you fall to like you know five, six, or seven. Uh, then, then it starts being – you start getting to where it's like I don't know if you're going to get the other second guy and it's really going to take Cade being a top five player, mm-hmm. which, you know, you'd like this, to not have to bank on that. Yeah, and that's the kind of point I made earlier is like it's their pick to mess up. Like like if I'm just looking – I don't know anything about most of these players, but I'm just looking at – until you get down to like uh, – on tankathons, like mock draft – Mm-hmm. Until you get down to the Baylor guard, everyone on this list is like wing sized, which is what the which is what the Pistons are going to need. Other than your Victor and Scoot, which you'd be thrilled to have. So everyone else, like I don't know their talents, I don't know their skill sets, but everyone else in here is going to fit with the roster because they have a they have a your guard and Cade, and they have your like everyone else is not set in stone. <laughs> Jarris Walker is who the Pistons, I think, think and want Isaiah Stewart to be. Like, that's who he is. So, like, it's it's nice defensively. Like, you can kind of shoot it a little bit, but it's you're still not totally sure. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's... 
No, we don't need to talk about yeah. college players. We don't need to get there I, yet. I know nothing we'll about. get there. We'll get there eventually. Not now. Spurs. The Spurs have, um, you know, they're there. They've won a couple games. It's ridiculous. Like they went this crazy losing streak, and then you win two games, and and now you're third. Um, they're a game and a half out from the from the, uh, the worst, uh, you know, worst position. And you look at them, it's like, you know what? They've got a lot of their tertiary pieces, right? Nice to have a Devin Vassell. Nice to have a Keldon Johnson locked up on a good contract. Jeremy Sohan, right? You got your Malachi Brandon and Blake Wesley there as, you know, this is probably like a, your, your two guard off the bench. And we'll, we'll see if maybe they can be some microwave scores. Um, only one really bad contract in Devontae Graham. And it's not even that bad. Again, none of these pick none of these um contracts are super bad on on most of these teams which says something a lot about the league but uh it's they don't have their guy yet no they don't have him they need to get their number one and probably number two guys and this is their opportunity to hopefully get um you know hopefully take a shot at, at, at at guy number one yeah, if if this team lands Victor or Scoot, like that's like obviously what they're hoping for. Um, this team, I think, can take a jump pretty quickly because a lot of these guys, I think, have scale, scalable games, and that means you can you can ramp them down or ramp them up. Like Devin Vassell, like I think he's worth playing a lot, um, but he's he's just gonna be forty percent from three, and he's gonna make some mid rangers, and he's gonna play good defense. And I think you know with um. Kelton Johnson, he's very similar. He's going to shoot okay from three, and he's going to be a hard driver. And if you get someone who can actually create a little bit and give him some more space to drive in there, even better because he's he's he is a thick, sturdy man. Like he is good for getting in there and making some mess. And then Jeremy Shohan, like while not being much of an offensive player yet, um, he, he gets in the right spots from the times I've watched. And defensively, he he's do, he's checking the boxes that he's supposed to check. He's he's active and he's fun. Oh uh, yeah, those guards, like yeah, like you said it exactly. Hopefully they can be little microwaves. Hopefully they can provide sparks. But it, what this team's missing is that that number one, that driver of the offense. Whether it's because of all the attention they draw for, as a big, or whether it's because they dribble the ball up and get everything kicked off and started. I I think the Spurs are in a perfect place. They finally got the picks back that they should have got for Kawhi Leonard all those years ago. It took them, you know, trading. You know what was a 29th overall pick in Deontay Murray, and it took them trading um, Jakob Pertl back to Toronto. But they finally have gotten some picks back <laughs> from like the Kawhi Leonard like dormancy period. Um, I I I like where they're at, but they do need to hit whatever that pick is. And I'm hoping for like same thing. I'm hoping for Houston. I guess like I would really like to see Scoot here for them. Um, Partially because I I would like to see Zach Collins still be successful and he's on the roster at least one more year. Yeah, I, I could also see Amon Thompson being pretty good here. Just be, with, with the type of player he is, he's a bigger kind of point guard uh, initiator, like transition guy. The question is the shooting with him, but um, you know I I could see him fitting well uh, there. But you start getting down lower, like point guard prospects. There's only a couple other guys this year and like the tough part is some of these teams are going to miss on the top guys and the next couple of years like next year like it's already rumored uh at least at this point in time not the best draft class um obviously people could there could be some strides that are made but whoever misses out this year like we like where the Spurs are. We you know we like where some of these other teams are. But if you get dropped down to seventh and you don't get your guy, like they don't have their one guy. If you just get kind of another, you know, random dude, then we're extending how bad you are for for quite a bit. And so yeah. I hope for the Spurs, they're able at least to get one of those um, guys, or maybe some of the guys later on. Um, like you don't know these guys, but like a Nick Smith Jr. or something, maybe he's able to to become something. And uh, but I don't know. It's yeah, it's, it can it can get it can get tough. 
when, when you're waiting for that guy, that really good player, like your growth can go up marginally, but like you throw in a guy who really elevates his teammates. Like we think scoot will be like, we've seen Cade to be other guys like that. You get that guy on the team. And then like the, the leap Devin Vassell takes just jumps. Cause now he's getting easier shots. He's showing that he can create them a little bit. Now he's getting them easy more often. And it just, it makes such a big difference when you finally have, you know, that player who helps create. I mean, it's just it's the same concept of why people always are signing these veteran point guards um, for good teams and bad teams is to just help these guys get easier shots. And obviously, if you can get a guy like that at a 19-year-old, that's the dream. Yeah. I also don't know what Pop's going to be like. Is is this his last year and we just don't know it? Uh, or is he going to be here for, for this? Who knows? We're going to see. Um, maybe the lottery, uh, you know, ping pong balls are going to determine some of that stuff. But ultimately, I, I feel like the Spurs are going to have a coach. I think they're going to get a coach that's okay. That's how I feel about it. Like I, I don't think the, the Spurs are going to have a, a coach that stinks. I, I, I just am not ready to I – don't, I don't trust the Spurs as much as we used to, um, but I trust them enough to not think they're going to – you know, I don't know if uh, Steven Silas is a good coach or not. It doesn't look like it right now. But I don't think they're going to, A, get a Steven Silas and, and also give him nothing to work with like Steven Silas got. Uh, speaking of teams that we do not trust, uh, the Charlotte Hornets are a, are a situation with the Hats – is, uh, you know, a, a, a bit of a tenuous one. Uh, you got LaMelo Ball. That's great. Uh-oh, he has a fracture in his leg. Not great. Um, you, uh, you, know, you hope that that's able to heal well enough that you still get a, um, you know, a good summer uh, out, of, out of him and whoever else comes, you know, is able to to be drafted by this team, but this is a team that's spared because of poor management and poor uh, drafting over the past few years. It's tough because you've been kind of lottery-ish for quite a while and have not much to to say for it. Out of their core players, we've got LaMelo Ball, we've got Mark Williams, and that's basically all I feel confident in saying, right? You put, we put Cody Martin down because they gave him the contract and he's going to fit and at least be a bench top eight guy for the for them for the next foreseeable future but i don't know that he's part of their next good uh hornets team um pj washington he could leave this offseason we put him down because you know uh they didn't trade him which would make it seem like they're going to try to retain him but the miles bridges situation uh has really hurt this team he was going to be kind of their next guy to push it forward, even if he was here and all that stuff didn't happen, uh, they still would be struggling right now. They are the basically the team that was the I think the 10 seed both years they've had a play-in, lost in, the, in that uh, play-in game. And you look at it and it's like, well, you got another year of Gordon Hayward. That that was an awful contract, awful decision. Um, where you tried to go too quickly and weren't able to get those high prospects outside of Lobello. Terry Rozier, you have him three years, 75, which um, I think you said pretty pod. Like, it's not a bad contract for him if he's in his proper place on a team that it doesn't, you know, they're they're already in the luxury tax, and he's your kind of your sixth man off the bench uh, kind of score. But on this team, it doesn't make much sense. Um, so they have some cap space uh over the next couple of years like as Gordon Hayward comes off and uh everyone's at least on cheap deals but their draft capital they you know they've got a first rounder uh extra first rounder uh this year because it's because uh, of Den- Denver but it's going to be at the end of the um first round this year I don't know it's a little bit bleak yeah, it's it's just it's you have to keep hitting on draft picks. You have to. Like that's that's how you sustain. And like if you can't do that, you have to develop lesser players. And like you could look at Cody Martin as a pretty good success story. Like they've developed him into a rotation player, but like 
if that's like your one shining development story, like that's really a bummer. It's like it, Cody might, Cody Martin might be as good as basically any of the guys that he have developed, but the Heat have done ten of them. You know, like that's kind of like the problem. Like the Heat don't have any picks, but they develop you know undrafted players. Like James Booknight, Mark Williams, Kai Jones. I know Nick Richards was a second round pick. He's actually been one of their better. JT Thor was a late, was a late pick. Like there's none of these guys that are like doing anything currently. So you're really just not giving Lamelo an opportunity to rise everyone up, and he's also had health problems. Comes down to it, can they nail a pick this year? If they can nail a pick this year and give Lamelo someone to play with. You know, obviously the Miles Bridges situation's <coughs> kind of out of their control, very much in his uh, problems. But, like, if, if you had a Miles Bridges playing on this team right now, we probably would feel a little less negative overall, but you wouldn't have any cap space. Yeah, so here's the other thing with them. Like, yeah, you get Scoot, you get Victor. And you're there because you because you got your top two guys and then it's all right let's go ahead and fill in the tertiary pieces around him which I think are a little bit easier to to figure out but if you don't like if you don't get Victor Scoot or Amon uh, Thompson like those guys then you're starting to all right well I don't think this is the team like there are teams that are going to do their due diligence on Brandon Miller I don't think you as this team can do that. Like, even if you do your due diligence and figure out, hey, he's not the, um, you know, he really wasn't involved uh, outside of just driving the car there, had no knowledge and all that. Like, I don't think you can, as this team, make that move after the history that you've had going on on this team. Like, I don't think you could do it. Yeah. Some of the other teams, like, you know, you could go out there and say, you know, we've done our due diligence and we've got the infrastructure and, you know, not this team. And so if you start getting further down, like, I don't know if if there's outside of those first three, Wemby, Scoot, and uh, Amen. Uh, like, it's a it's a smaller window for them to hit. Um, so and they've and they've proven that they're not very good at hitting them. Like it's just that's what it yeah. is. Yeah. Like but you can go fair, back. They they they've been, they've been low. They've been like they've been drafting in at the end of the lottery because they have you know the the push so at least here you're up at the top of the lottery and you you know i don't know I, 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 I understand that it's hard to hit consistently hit anywhere from 5 to 14 which is where the hornets have been picking a lot i mean that's that's the problem the magic ran in two years ago when they were drafting guys like aaron gordon like they just like very good player but like they, they hadn't had that number one. They hadn't had that number two, like, you know, since years and years ago with Dwight Howard. And when you, like, it's, you still got to get something, right? Like, the, the Spurs got Devin Vassell, you know, like, I don't know where the, I don't think the, he got picked before the Hornets pick would have been. That, you know, they drafted Miles, which worked out in terms of how he developed. They could have had Shea. Like, there's just a lot of, like, uh, here, here it is, could have been, whatchamacallit, all that stuff. And just, frankly, they missed with Kai, James, like that. Either one of the, one of those two need to hit to continue the Lamelo Ball, you know, development track, giving him guys to help get better. Um, yeah, Horace are in a tough spot. They got to get someone good, and they got to hit. They got to probably get rid of Gordon Hayward so they can use that thirty-one million dollars to actually get some someone that plays a lot and isn't probably washed. Yeah. They're like the Pistons. They have a first rounder that's like lotto protected through 2025. I think it becomes a second, so we're good there. Um, but, you know, they got a few extra seconds that they're coming in, a few that are going out. This is a team that just really needs to get lucky. Um, let's go to a team to wrap up here that doesn't need necessarily to do that because they've put themselves in a great situation. That's really no magic. Um uh, you know, a team that is uh, there. There's no way that they, uh, I think, improve upon their um, lottery slot. Uh, just because this is really where, like, Charlotte was five games back of Houston. Orlando's twelve and a half games back of Houston. There's just there's no possible way that they're going to be better than the fifth best odds uh, 
on lottery night. Um, but this is a team that I think will continue to try to push for that uh, play-in uh, play spot. Um, we'll see if they're able to uh, make it happen. They've really got to go and catch Washington, which it's four and a half games. I don't know. We'll see if they make it happen. But they, regardless, because of Chicago, unless Chicago finds their way into a top four um, top four pick uh, because the lottery gods smile upon them, they're having two two picks in, you know, the five to uh, well, two, two good lottery picks, two good swings. Um, and I think that would that would basically wrap up like all that you that to, you know that you would need for this core. This is a team that you know you can afford to maybe with one of these picks swing for a high upside guy and the other one you could take someone who you know is going to contribute. It's it's a perfect um, place to be having Paolo Franz already locked up Wendell Carter Jr. as you know your uh, you know stable center. Um, they got him on a good contract. They have no bad contracts. Uh, and you're basically just hoping can Jalen Suggs figure it out offensively. Markel Fultz, you're doing good things, and even if we find someone to be the point guard long-term for this team, okay, you're going to be a solid, solid backup. So this team doesn't have uh, tons of space uh, in the offseason. They have some, but you're. I think if you look at all these teams, this is the team that you would prefer to be out of the bottom five easily. Yeah, you you got the, you got enough picks coming in, and you have you have the guys like you have guys who are part of a winning formula. Like I was very not sold on Paolo coming out of college, as I've said many a times, um, but he's he's impressed. He's been good enough, and he probably will continue to get better. I like Franz a lot. I think Franz is just such a perfect such a perfect guy like he just can fit with everything he's big enough to play small he's skilled enough to like honestly roll in the two guard slot like he can do so much for you in terms of fitting your roster so yeah they're at the point where they can take i would say the thing they need to prioritize is like a preferred skill is shooting like that needs to be what they prioritize because i i just don't see a lot of like dead eyes on this roster but if they if they can find themselves a guy who can shoot and can and move the ball around a little bit, man, they'd be dangerous. Cause like right now they got Markel Fultz who can move the ball around a lot, very good like basketball player, not a good shooter. Um, I feel like Cole Anthony, while I have no love for him, um, he he is more of the shooter closer thing, but like no basketball concept of like playing as a team. And then Jalen Suggs just. Got all the grit and defensive want to, but he hasn't really figured out how to integrate all of his teammates, and he definitely hasn't figured out how to shoot. So, like, if they can get that shooting shooter and three and three shooter, and you know, maybe a little facilitate a little facilitating, I think between Paolo and Franz, they could make up for any other deficiencies. I, I this team's in a really good spot, and with the two picks coming, very likely, man, they they could probably check a lot of boxes this this year. Yeah, I don't know if they like like I like Paolo, I like Franz a lot. Like I don't on a on a team that like if you're going for championship, I don't know if either of those guys is your is your one. I think that you've like if those guys are ideally your two and three, okay, now we're now, now we're cooking. And so yeah. again, if they if they can get one of those, you know, Victor or Scoot, um that really puts you there. But again, like, like you mentioned, they can, uh, like they do need shooting and there's, there's a guy or two in here who, who can really shoot it in the lottery. Uh, but there are a lot of guys who are like the upside can't shoot it yet type guys, which I think you take one of those with, uh, you know, your own pick or, or the Chicago one. And then, you know, you go in, uh, maybe you take someone like Grady Dick, who is just a guy who's lights out, all he does is 40% movement shooter, right? Defensive questions, but you, you just want to get that type of player in there. This is exactly, I think, where you want to be, and it, this is the team if you get a top two pick. Yeah. Yeah. This, let's say, they're very close. And 
I think the pro like one of the problems I had with with Paolo conceptually was I thought he's a guy who will only see himself as a one the one, which is why like I was worried about like you might get a guy who's like pretty on par but maybe a little bit better or maybe a little bit more moldable to be the one, and it would still be the Paolo show and I thought the Paolo show would limit you. I I mean if I, I said earlier like if Scoot goes to um like. There's not a team that needs Scoot more than Houston. However, there's not, I don't know if there's a team I want Scoot to go to more than Orlando. Like, you put him there, and I, I think that's where you've got really, like, they don't really have, like, they have a lot of guys who can do things in, at the point guard position, like, do interesting things, but no one that can put it all together. And you've got Paolo kind of as your ball handler. Scoot, I think, puts that into, uh, gets you to where you want to be. Um, with uh, with with everyone, right? kind of kind of puts everyone in the proper space, and and then I think you've got you know if the if the development for all those guys happens the way you think, that's that's getting you there. Yeah, I, I it, scoot on the magic would be um, bad for my heat because I on I think I think that might lock up the magic as the best team in that division, maybe not next year, but maybe for the seven after. Yeah, I think that gets you to where you want to be. Um, well, Ethan, um, we talked about the five worst teams. I don't know how much more we're going to talk about them uh, until the actual lottery takes place. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is a year that, uh, you know, we've said the, the Wemby year is the one. We've been waiting. We've been telling teams to start tanking um, uh, for a couple of years now. And... We'll see what happens uh, when that day, that fateful day in May comes around. Yep, indeed. I have a feeling Orlando will not stay in the bottom five, but that doesn't mean they'll be worth talking about.